Welcome back to Financial Therapy. It's not just about the money. I'm personal financial planner, columnist, and financial therapist, Rick Kaler. Research tells us that 90% of all financial decisions are made emotionally, not logically. For nearly four decades, I've been helping people make better money decisions. So what makes my financial worldview different from most financial experts? I blend the nuts and bolts of financial advice with the emotions that drive making them. Good money decisions are not just about the money. So let's get started with today's episode. Welcome back to another edition. Today I want to tackle the topic of money scripts, but not necessarily going through how money scripts are developed and what they are and et cetera like that. I've done that on other episodes. But I want to address... um, some misunderstandings, uh, errors that continually appear in financial uh, life planning circles and financial therapy circles that I've been aware of for some time, but I've just never addressed. And it kind of was spurred by uh, a situation recently when I was approached by a financial professional and he asked me, Rick, what's your money script? I was kind of baffled by this. And I responded, well, I have probably over a hundred money scripts. I don't have just one. And he kind of looked puzzled and he says, no, there are only four money scripts. And I was wondering which one is yours? Well, that kind of took my breath away a little bit and it was obvious he didn't understand the concept of money scripts in the 20 years since we first coined or developed the concept of money scripts which uh, I think was around 2004. I've never found anyone in the hundreds of workshops I've done and help people discover their money scripts. I've never found anyone that had one even five, 10, or 20. Um, Typically, uh, there are many more than that. So, while I'm heartened that the concept of money scripts has become really widely embraced by the financial therapy, the financial life planning, the communities and the financial media, since they were uh, developed, the concepts were developed in 2004 and first published in Conscious Finance in 2005. Um, and about that time was when uh, Dr. Ted Klontz and I uh, developed the on-site workshops that ran, I don't know when they exactly first started, maybe between 2005 and 2009. And in those workshops, we found that the average person had 50 to 200 manuscripts, not four or 10 or 32 or 72. And those last numbers I'll bring into focus here in a minute. Um, so, I have, uh, well, let me, let me give you the uh, 
the, the further development of this. So in 2011, in research published in the Journal of Financial Therapy, that was in uh, volume two, which was in its early days, um, Brad, Sonia Britt, uh, Ted Klontz um, were part of the, the team that wrote Money Beliefs and Financial Behaviors and the Development of the Klontz Money Script Inventory, which is the KMSI that I've talked about a lot. Um, and in that research, they identified four distinct money belief patterns or categories, which Brad uh, later referred to them as in the uh, revision of facilitating financial health in 2016. And these four categories are money avoidance, money worship, money status, and money vigilance. And if you want to know more about these, you can look back in the uh, podcast. I think I did four podcasts on each of those four categories. So that was the result of their research is that all money scripts fit into these four categories. And he and his authors basically boiled down, I mean, the number of money scripts are unlimited, right? Money scripts can be very personalized, but uh, they came up with 72 commonly heard money scripts. And they developed those 72 commonly heard money scripts into a 72 question evaluation. And that evaluation, the KMSI, um, would help an individual can be taken personally or uh, given to clients to determine the ranking of their most dominant money script categories down to their least problematic categories. And so um, it was a very, a very quick way to do this. I, when we first started doing this at the on-site workshops, it would take us probably an hour to help a person come up with all the money scripts that they could think of. And I would do that in my practice. And quite frankly, <laughs> you know, I, I was a little bit uh, bored while my clients are in doing their money script work. And I thought, there's got to be a quicker way to do this. And Brad came up with the this evaluation, which reduced it to, oh, maybe 20 minutes, and was pretty effective. So Brad then refined the KMSI, revised it, and reduced it to 32 questions in, I think it was uh, 2016. And that was uh, also printed in the Journal of Financial Therapy and authored by uh, Taylor Klontz and uh, Britt, Sonia Britt. It was called Reliability and Convergent Validity of the Klontz Money Script Inventory 
dash revised. So basically that revised the evaluation, fine-tuned it, made it a little more accurate, and cut it down to almost, well, in less than half, to 32 questions. And now you can take this in 10 minutes. And this is the current version I use when I've referred to the uh, KMSI. It's always been dash R, revised. All right. So, sorry about the history lesson, <laughs> but it's all necessary background to understand the misunderstanding about money script, uh, money scripts that has, I think it started in 2011, and it's just kind of been parroted and repeated. It's someone like uh, political, uh, something like political talking points where you can hear the same talking points reiterated over and over by a half a dozen different uh, broadcast media channels and sometimes in scores of uh, printed material. And they build on one source and just repeat it. And the, the error is compounded. So, um, I think the first time I can find this error that I'm referring to was in uh, Psychology Today in a 2011 article written by Ken Isold. He's a PhD. And the headline, the title of the article was The Four Money Scripts. And in the article, Dr. Dr. Isold penned a line that was clearly a misunderstanding. He said that Brad Klontz calls them money scripts, money avoidance, money worship, money status, and money vigilance. Well, this is clearly incorrect. Uh, Brad refers to them in his uh, research as belief patterns, subscales, and as I said in the second edition of Facilitating Financial Health, as categories. There are not four money scripts. And this might sound like a little deal, but it's not a little deal when you put it in the context of what a money script is, because we know all money scripts are both true and false. You know, money worship isn't true or false. It's a category that you put a whole bunch of money scripts, a whole bunch of money scripts can kind of fit under that title, and the money scripts are both true and false, given the situation. They're contextual. So it was sure just a misunderstanding on the part of Dr. Isold. So since then, this keeps popping up. And uh, many articles have parroted this misunderstanding. And I uh, recently came across two recent articles. Um, the one that really brought this back to me uh, was written in money sense. And the title was, What Are Your Money Scripts? Or What Are Money Scripts and What Are Yours? 
by Sean Maslick, who's um, a great podcaster, uh, spoke at the FTA last year and did just a great job. Uh, this appeared in March, the March 31st, 2023 edition. Then there's another one uh, that appeared uh, last year in Thin Masters, and it was entitled Money Scripts, Understanding Your Relationship with Money by Adina Lazar. And it was updated on October 5th, 2020. And in both of them, um, they come down to the idea that there are four main money scripts. I'm reading out of the one in uh, Money Sense. Well, no, there's four main categories of money scripts. Um, and the, and the same, the same thing appeared in the 2022 article, the four money scripts. Well, money avoidance, money worship, money status, and money vigilant are not money scripts. They are categories. So this can just lead a lot of, to a lot of misunderstanding. Now, I thought I'd put this into the uh, popular uh, app chat GPT. And it erroneously says that most individuals have four to 10 money scripts, which first appeared in facilitating financial health. Okay. I know something about that book. I was a co-author. In the sixth chapter of Facilitating Financial Health, the second edition, uh, and my co-authors were Ted Klontz and Brad, it refers to the four categories of money scripts and the 10 most popular money scripts. So the artificial intelligence <laughs> concludes from that there are four to ten money scripts, and it uh, it doesn't get that even the original KMSI used seventy two of the most popular money scripts, and the ten most popular money scripts also appeared in um, uh, rewiring uh, wealth. Um, which was published, I think, in 2009 by the uh, three of us. So this is a, a misunderstanding that really needs to be cleared up in uh, academia, um, and I, I don't know how many academics uh, are part of this. It <clears throat> tends to be the popular press. And it, like I said, I think it all stemmed from that very first article uh, in Psychology Today, which, you know, is a pretty big platform. <clears throat> Probably of everything that I've seen, that would be one of the one of the uh, most respected uh, references. I mean, if Psychology Today says it, it's probably 
um, toward the side of being accurate. So, um, hopefully, this can go a long way just to clarifying this for any of you that have uh, come to this understanding and think that there's just four money scripts. They are categories. I would be uh, interested in hearing from any of you um, if this is something you've heard, if uh, this is something that uh, you have come to understand or believe that a money script is. Um, because it, like I said, it, it just doesn't seem that it's uh, going away or getting clarified. Another thing that's worth covering that is also a myth is that there are some, some money script categories are better than others. And this isn't true. There is no one good money script category. Now this was propagated again, if we went back to that original article, the four money scripts uh, by Isolde. Uh, he said in, uh, I think the fourth paragraph, all in all, the best money script to have is money vigilance. Then he went right into a quote by uh, Brad, where he said, people with this disorder do not like to share information. Um, well, I would probably think Brad would conclude that money script categories aren't necessarily disordered. Uh, or disorders, the um, the behaviors. We used to refer to five financial behaviors that were disordered, and then a bunch of them, let's just say another eight, that were problem, we labeled problematic money behaviors. And the reason that we labeled five of them money disorders is that they had some roots in the DSM-5. Well, that was back in 2011, right when, I don't know if it was a movement, but it was um, uh, a period of time when many therapists and psychologists really didn't want to label their clients with disorders or diagnose. Certainly IFS is a methodology that's in that camp. Um, they run from treating a disorder, treating a diagnosis, and would rather treat the person or be with the person, help the person um, work out you know, what they need to bring themselves into equilibrium. Um, so we went away from using the word disorder. 
and now I just use problematic financial behaviors. But nevertheless, Brad's um, framing of this would not suggest <laughs> this is the best uh, money script to have, which again, it's a category, money vigilance. Now, that could have been a, a misperception or what uh, the author could have been saying here is that for building wealth, those that are in the money script category of money vigilance tend to have more money. So if you're viewing it strictly from a bottom line financial lens, I would agree that money vigilant, uh, those with money vigilant money scripts probably have accrued uh, more money. Um, now, you, you could maybe argue a little bit that there's folks in the money worship category that are have amassed incredible amount of uh, wealth. So I, I can't limit it to just one. But if I had to pick one, I would pick money vigilance. Um, and and in that article, Brad was quoted as saying, maybe some anxiety uh, and vigilance around is good for your bottom line. In other words, the um, money vigilant person, secretive about their money, they don't want debt, um, they don't want to talk about their money, they don't want to spend and I'm saying very general statements here, but they tend toward this. And the key emotion of money vigilance is anxiety. And what Brad says, you know, is maybe having some anxiety and vigilance around your money is a good thing. Well, yeah. Um, to a degree, it probably is. Uh, take a money avoidant uh, person, they could stand to use a little more vigilance. I don't know that they need more anxiety because I think that's part of their disso dissociation. I don't want to think about money. Uh, money makes me crazy. I wish it would go away. I'm going to avoid it, right? And I think part of what they're Avoiding is the anxiety. So I think that that was kind of a, a statement that the author took a completely different direction than what it was intended. So um, the 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 downside of money vigilance, of course, is the anxiety. And if we want to take a look at somebody who was extremely money vigilant, I think we could take a look at the character of Scrooge in A Christmas Carol. Um, I think he personifies money vigilance. Did he have money? Oh, yeah. 
He had money. Did he have anxiety? Oh, yeah, he had anxiety. Did his money support his quest for meaning in life? Absolutely not. He um, lived in a, a dark warehouse that had been converted, I guess, to however you'd convert one in 1843. Um, he'd only burn uh, a chunk of coal at a time. It was cold, drafty. He ate gruel, which is what the poorest of the poor ate. He wouldn't spend money on, uh, on good food. I just in this moment had that wondering, I wonder how that uh, poor diet contributed to his, his uh, emotional uh, health, not in a good way. So his money was pointless. His money did him no good. And that's where the money vigilance really fall down. I had, uh, I told a money vigilant recently that uh, whose income was below the poverty line, who is living in a major city, existing on it, and had accumulated a million dollars or so. All right? Clearly a money vigilant. Um, and I suggested to them that ultimately money's function is to be spent. Now that, that is um, anathema. Those are fighting words to a mudgy money vigilant because how can I build money if I spend it? Well, it, you know, it's all in balance. Um, but ultimately money is to support our quest for meaning in life. I've talked about that a lot. And how does it support our quest for meaning in life? It's got to be spent sensibly, reasonably, with uh, intention, but it's got to be spent. So there, there's where the money vigilance, vigilant really comes apart. They may have money, but they're not necessarily, not just enjoying life, they're not purchasing the things that are even that that can help them maintain life. And I've told you of the story of clients I've had that had exposed wires and um, um, planks missing in their deck and uh, cars that were not safe to drive because of the extreme, extreme money vigilant beliefs. So, so. I hope that clarifies a few myths on money scripts that are floating around out there and maybe you can help us uh, squash those misunderstandings when you hear them come up. So thanks uh, for being with me and I look forward to speaking uh, with you next time. Thanks for joining me, Rick Kaler, for another episode of Financial Therapy. It's not just about the money. 
This is where I combine the nuts and bolts of financial advice with the emotions that drive making them. Remember, every financial behavior, whether it appears illogical to you or others, makes perfect sense when we understand the underlying beliefs, feelings, and thoughts. Sign up for my weekly blog at financialawakenings.com. I hope you'll join me again for our next episode.